Good morning, everybody. We have a lower trade in the grain markets here early on Thursday morning. It is 6.30 a.m. Central Time. July corn futures down 14 and a quarter cents at $7 and a quarter. December corn down eight and a half cents at 584 and a half. July soybeans down 11 and three quarters at 16.30 and three quarters. November beans down 18 and a quarter at 14.25 and a half. July Chicago wheat down six and a half cents at 7.23 and a quarter. July Kansas City wheat down eight at 6.82 and three quarters. Uh, if you guys are listening on the podcast, as always, appreciate it. Leave me a review if you have not already. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, like the channel or like the video, hit the subscribe button. Help me out to get this channel to grow a little bit. If you need some additional assistance from me, uh, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Go to the website, click on grain marketing plan here in the upper right-hand corner. For $49 a month, I offer a subscription service that includes my morning email, which goes out every business day at 6.30 a.m. Central Time, my text message service, my subscriber-only videos and content. And I had a whole bunch of stuff out for subscribers after the the, uh, report yesterday. You know, uh, subscribers had, had all the numbers via text message, I think within maybe 60 seconds of the report. And then I had a video with a report commentary out shortly after that. So if you're interested not only in in the, the grain marketing type stuff, you know, your cash sales, your capture and carry, your options, but also in some some uh, very timely market commentary, certainly check out that subscription service. Uh, we'll talk about the report here a little bit this morning. I'm not going to go into great detail, but I'll, I'll tell you some of the things that stood out to me a little bit. Uh, starting off with the U.S. corn balance sheets, USDA uh, did, in fact, increase its projection for old crop corn exports by 100 million bushels. That was largely expected. It pushed the carryout down. Uh, nothing surprising there. In regard to new crop, USDA has their... Um, U.S. carryout projection for the new crop marketing year, uh, just above 1.5 billion bushels. And with that 1.5, they're using the March acreage intentions number, which is 91.1 million. That's a number that uh, in all likelihood comes up, uh, depending on who you ask. It it may come up 2 million. It may come up 5 million, uh, maybe somewhere in between. But I think you've probably got to work with the idea that that acreage number is a little bit higher. So you could probably put a bearish spin on that uh, new crop corn balance sheet from USDA. Again, as I've said with, with new crop crop balance sheets um, uh, prior to this report. You've got to take all this stuff with a grain of salt. There are so many things that can change. Uh, USDA left its old crop soybean balance sheet for the U.S. essentially unchanged, 120 million bushels. Uh, still the carryout projection there. That's still a very tight situation. And USDA is projecting another very tight situation next year. Um, a 140 million bushel carryout is what's being projected for next year. So that still leaves you next year with an incredibly tight U.S. situation. Now, of course, you could make the same argument as with corn maybe the acreage number has to come up but uh it, it seems a lot more likely or, or almost a guarantee at this point in corn that the acreage number comes up beans i'm not i'm not so sure because uh the corn market has really outperformed in those new crop contracts up until recently uh, when you look at the world numbers the stuff that stood out to me, USDA tells us that China is, is projecting that China will be back for just as much corn next year and more soybeans next year versus this year. And that's not something that I think everybody expected. You know, the USDA office in China told us recently that uh, China would import like 15 million metric tons of corn in the 2021-22 marketing year. USDA's got the number of 26 in their balance sheet, which, which is exactly the same as as this uh 
this current year. So that's really interesting that that USDA is projecting essentially very, very strong Chinese corn imports again next year, the same amount as this year. Uh, in regard to soybeans, they're projecting more imports of soybeans for China versus this year. 103 million is the projection uh, for the 21-22 the marketing year versus 100 million next year. So that's a, a potential positive, I guess. Of course, we don't know what China's going to do, but USDA projecting at least that China's going to be back in the market uh, for big-time corn and soybean purchases next year. The other thing that stood out was next the, the projection for uh, next year's Brazilian soybean production, 144 million metric tons, which is a monster of a crop. It exceeds this year's record by a very, very wide margin. Um, so uh, the, the expansion of acreage and soybean production in Brazil, in Brazil not expected to stop, according to the government. Um, the government estimates uh, for the Brazilian corn crop fell only marginally. So USDA put the crop at 102. And uh, excuse me one second here. They had that number at 102 uh, versus 109 previously. And, and I suppose that that's probably about what the trade was expecting, you know, a, a cut down to 102 or 103 or whatever. Now, CONAB, which is Brazil's USDA, essentially also had their report out yesterday. Uh, 106.4 was their number versus 108.9 previously. So that Brazilian number from CONAB was not uh, nearly as low as a lot of people have thought had had thought that it would be. Uh, Conab actually increased marginally its projection for the country's first and smaller corn crop, and then only took 2.8 million metric tons off the second corn crop. So um, this could be just a wait and see deal. Maybe they're they're uh, just waiting for confirmation that the crop is 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 bad and and the rains aren't coming. But uh, we know that a lot of the private groups and a lot of traders have been talking numbers. You know, 95 somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, rains are headed for U.S. HRW wheat country. Spring wheat country will remain dry. You got a good chunk of Oklahoma and Kansas that will see two inches or more of rain during the next week. Uh, spring wheat areas, uh, you know, North Dakota, Western Minnesota, will see very little rainfall through at least the next 10 days. So the HRW market in particular, these Kansas City contracts have been under pressure. The July Kansas City contract well below $7 this morning. Inflation is rising. The government released monthly CPI data yesterday. That's the consumer price index. CPI rose 0.8% in April for a year-over-year -year increase now a 4.2%. That's the largest monthly increase in that number since September of 2008. The Fed has targeted an inflation rate or CPI increase essentially near 2% annually. And this has sparked chatter of a sooner than expected rate hike from the Fed. Uh, money markets now suggest that a rate hike occurs in late 2022 versus previous expectations of 2023 or later. So, does the Fed raise rates or do they let inflation uh, continue? The Fed's uh, the, the Fed's kind of tone right now is has been that inflation will be transitory, which means kind of short-lived, temporary, um, and and that it will settle itself down. And that may very well be the case. If we can get our supply chain issues uh, back in order, maybe they're right. But if they're wrong, um, you could see inflation continue to increase, which could spark a sooner than expected rate hike. It's it's the Fed has too much power here. I mean, just about every financial in the market every financial market in the world hinges on this rate issue in some way, shape, or form. The fact that the rates are near zero is, is such a big driver of, of price action in so many different markets. The Colonial Pipeline began to gradually restart operations yesterday. It will be several days until the pipeline returns to normal. The pipeline spans 5,500 miles, so they can't just uh, flip a switch and get this thing back going. Uh, fuel shortages have hit the southeastern portion of the country. Uh, there's not a gas station within 20 miles of me here outside of Nashville that I can uh, buy gas at and everybody's out. Uh, so there's been some panic buying in some areas, but sources indicate that um, 
Uh, we could be back online here uh, later this week. And uh, it says they're not going to pay the ransom demanded by hackers who initiated the, the attack. The uh, uh, We did have some ethanol stuff out yesterday. Sorry, guys, I'm going a little bit longer here this morning. Uh, ethanol production was was good, up 2.8% on the week, 979,000 barrels per day. This was the third highest weekly number in the post-COVID era, if you want to call it that. The weekly print down about 7% versus the same week in 2019, but moving in the right direction. Ethanol stocks posted a big decline. Stocks were down 5.1% on the week, 19.393 million barrels. That's the lowest stocks number since December of 2016 and the lowest seasonally since 2014. Gasoline demand kind of lackluster. It was down seven-tenths of a percentage point on the week, down 3.8% versus the same week in 2019. Ethanol production margins are still largely positive for uh, most areas uh, uh, based on the calculations that I've seen. The cattle market uh, yesterday finished the day mixed to higher. The nearby June contract was just to take lower in the fat cattle. Uh, deferred contracts up a little bit. Feeder cattle were up. Uh, cash cattle 119 to 120 yesterday. Box beef market up again, up uh, 271 in the choice at 315.08. Select boxes up 82 cents at 297.08. Outside markets, uh, we've got a little bit of a correction underway in the stock market, but it's mixed this morning. The S&P's about flat. The Dow's down 100. Gold's down seven bucks. Uh, we've got the U.S. dollar about flat. Crude oil's down a dollar 38 at 64.69. Um, Bonds are up a little bit. Bitcoin down sharply this morning for you cryptocurrency guys out there. It's below 50,000. Elon Musk, uh, critical of Bitcoin's energy usage. Um, there's a lot to that that I can't discuss here at length, but uh, uh, certainly noteworthy. Everybody have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you same time tomorrow.